wonder if God got a plan for everyone I wonder if I could take a second run Cause I carry on getting sad and getting stuck What I wouldn't give for a life that doesn't suck I'm a moving target To another episode of S3 Podcast number 69 in today's episode, we will be covering the death of Elisa Elisa Lam. So, without further ado, do make sure to follow us on Instagram at s3podcast underscore. You can also find us on Facebook at the s3podcast official. So, without further ado, let's get right get into it. So, starting with the background. <coughs> Excuse me. Lam, the daughter of immigrants from Hong Kong, was a student at the University of British Columbia, although she was not registered at the beginning of 2013. For her trip to California, Lam travelled alone on Amtrak and intercity buses. She visited the San Diego Zoo and posted photos taken there on social media. On January 26th, she arrived in Los Angeles. After two days, she checked into the Cecil Hotel near downtown's Skid Row. And if you have what you know, um, the the documentary on um, I think it's on Netflix, Netflix, or if you have watched paranormal TV shows like Ghost Adventures or other you know paranormal shows that have done that have covered Cecil Hotel. It has not got quite the reputation that a good hotel would. Um, it's a very creepy, seedy-looking building. But, you know, that's just my summarisation. Lam was initially assigned a shared room on the hotel's fifth floor. However, roommates complained about what the hotel's lawyer would later describe as certain odd behaviour, and Lam was moved to a room of her own for two days. Built as a business hotel in the 1920s, the Cecil, or Cecil, faced significant financial difficulties during the Great Depression of the 1930s and never recaptured its original market, as the neighbourhood around it eventually decayed in the later decades. Several of LA more notable murders have happened at or have connections to the hotel. In 1964, Goldie Osgood, the pigeon lady of Pershing Square, was raped and murdered in her room at the Cecil, a crime that has never been solved. Serial killers Jack Unterweger and Richard Ramirez both resided at the Cecil while active. There have also been suicides, one of which also killed a pedestrian outside the front entrance of the hotel. After this, so, the one person who killed a pedestrian was actually the person who committed suicide. That person then landed on the pedestrian, which then killed the pedestrian. So... And also having two serial killers staying there is not a good look. Obviously they pro- obviously they probably went by different names. 
obviously. But that's not a good look. After recent renovations, it has tried to market itself as a boutique hotel. But the reputation lingers. The Cecil will reveal to you whatever it is you're fugitive from, says Stevie Erickson, a journalist who spent a night in the hotel after Lamb's death. Lamb had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression. She had been prescribed four medications, Valbutrin, Lamictil, Seroquel and Erexor, to treat her disorders. According to her family, who supposedly kept her history of mental illness a secret, Lamb had no history of suicidal ideations or attempts, although one report claimed she had previously gone missing for a brief period. In mid-2010, Lamb began a blog named Ether Fields on Blogspot. Over the next two years, she posted pictures of models in fashionable clothing and accounts of her life, particularly her struggle with mental illness. In a January 2012 blog post, Lamb lamented that a relapse at the start of the current school term had forced her to drop several classes, leaving her feeling so utterly directionless and lost. She titled her post, You're always haunted by the idea you're wasting your life. After a quotation from novelist Chuck Palahniuk, she used that quote as an epigraph for her blog. Lamb worried that her transcript would look suspicious, with so many withdrawals and that it would result in her being unable to continue her studies and attend grad school. A little over two years after Lamb had started blogging, she announced she would be abandoning her blog for another she had started on Tumblr, Nouvelle Nouveau. Its content mostly consisted of fashion photos, quotes and a few posts in Lamb's own words. The same Patalionuk quotation was used in an epigraph. So, that's the background. So, disappearance. Lamb contacted her parents in British Columbia every day while travelling. On February 1st, 2013, the day she was scheduled to check out of the Cecil and leave for Santa Cruz, her parents did not hear from her and called the LA Police Department. Her family flew to Los Angeles to help with the search. Hotel staff who saw Lamb the day that day said she was alone outside the hotel. Katie Orphan, manager of a nearby bookstore, was the only person who recalled seeing her that day. She was outgoing. Very lively, very friendly, while getting gifts to take home to her family. Orphan told CNN she was talking about what book she was getting and whether or not what she was getting would be too heavy for her to carry around as she travelled. Orphan added, Police searched the hotel to the extent that they legally could. They searched Lamb's room and, and had dogs go through the building including the rooftop, but the dogs were unsuccessful in detecting her scent. But we didn't search every room. Sergeant Rudy Lopez said later, We could only do that if we had probable cause to believe a crime had been committed. On February 6th, a week after Lamb had last been seen, the LAPD decided more help was needed. 
flyers with, him, with her image were posted in the neighbourhood and online. It brought the case to the public's attention through the media. On February 15th, after another week with no sign of Lamb, the LAPD released a video of the last known sighting of her taken in one of the Cecil's elevators, elevators by a video surveillance camera on February 1st. In approximately two and a half minutes of footage, Lamb alone makes unusual moves and gestures, leaving the elevator at one point while its doors remain open. Even after she appears to have pressed every button, when the doors fail to close after she returns, she leaves the doors closed later. The video drew worldwide interest in the case due to Lamb's strange behaviour and has been extensively analysed and discussed. It was reposted widely, including on the Chinese video sharing site Yuku, where it got 3 million views and 40,000 comments in its first 10 days. Many of the commentators found it unsetting to watch. Several theories evolved to explain her actions. One was that Lam was trying to get the elevator car to move in order to escape from someone who was pursuing her. Others suggested that she might be under the influence of ecstasy or some other party drug, but none was detected in her body. When her bipolar disorder became known, the theory that she was having a psychotic episode also emerged. Other viewers argued that the video had been tampered with before being made public. Besides the obscuring of the timestamp, they claimed parts had been slowed down and nearly a minute of footage had been removed. This could have been done to protect the identity of someone who otherwise would be in a video, either related or not to the disappearance. And for those of you on audio, I'm currently watching the video now of Eliza Lamb in the video and she is obviously is wearing a red sweater or red jumper and uh, she's wearing long black pants, shorts that are meant for, that are worn by men because it's too long for it to be women's and she has, be, she has just stood in the corner between the buttons and the wall and now she has gone towards the elevator and now she has stepped outside presumably looking for someone and uh, she's just taking slow steps and now she's just gone out of frame still standing there um, doing some hand gestures and you can just see her out of frame now she's coming back in and she is pressing all of the buttons now apparently there is a game that someone brought up that she could have been playing um but she's pressed all of the buttons and now she's gone back out and she's looking and doing hand gestures to the right down the right side of the hall she's just standing there doing weird motions um but yeah um so you can if you type in death of elas lamb you can check out the video for yourself if you want to 
the discovery of body. So during the search for lamb, guests at the hotel began complaining about low water pressure. Some later claimed their water was coloured black and had an unusual taste. On the morning of February 19th, Santiago Lopez, a hotel maintenance worker, found a lamb's body in one of four 1,000-gallon tanks located on the roof, providing water to guest rooms. A kitchen and a coffee shop. Through the open hatch, he saw lamb lying face up in the water. The tank was drained and cut open since his maintenance hatch was too small to accommodate equipment needed to remove Lamb's body. On February 21st, the Los Angeles coroner's office issued a finding of accidental drowning with bipolar disorder as a significant factor. The full coroner's report, released in June, stated that Lamb's body had been found naked. Clothing similar to what she was wearing in the elevator video was floating in the water. Coated with a sand-like particulate, her watch and room key were also found with her. Lamb's body was moderately decomposed and bloated. It was mostly greenish with some marbling evidence on the abdomen and skin separation evidence. There was no evidence of physical trauma, sexual assault or suicide. Toxicology tests showed traces consistent with prescription medication found among her belongings. Plus, non-prescription drugs such as Sinutab and Ibuprofen. A very small quantity of alcohol, about 0.2%, was present, but no other recreational drugs. Investigators and experts have, however, noted that the concentration of her prescription drugs in her system indicated that she was under-medicating or had stopped taking her medications recently. And, you know, this in itself was probably and is probably more perplexing and something that does not make any sense. Again, if you have seen... If you have watched um, the documentary on Netflix, I think the the documentary was done on it by itself, and it was also a documentary done by the Ghost Adventures crew, um, where they looked into it. And if you looked at the tanks on the roof, right, there is no way that she dragged herself all the way up to the top, opened the lid to the tank cleared to access you know, put herself in and there is no way she would be able to do all that and you know that's just my perception other issues the investigation had determined how lamb died but did not initially offer an explanation as to how she got into the tank in the first place doors and stairs that access the hotel's roof are locked with only staff having the passcodes and keys, and any attempt to force them would supposedly have triggered an alarm. The, the hotel's fire escape could have allowed her to bypass those security measures. Her scent trail was lost near a window that connected to it. A video posted to the internet after Lamb's death showed that the hotel's roof was easily accessible 
via the fire escape and that two of the lids of the water tanks were open. Apart from the question of how she got on the roof, others asked if she could have gotten into the tank by herself. All four tanks were 4 by 8 foot, 1.2 by 2.4 metres, cylinders propped up on concrete blocks, there was no fixed access to them and hotel workers had to use a ladder to look at the water. They were protected by heavy lids that would be difficult to replace from within. The hotel employee who found the body said that the lid was open at the time, removing the issue of how she could have closed the lid from inside. Police dogs that searched through the hotel for Lamb, even on the roof, shortly after her disappearance was noted, did not find any trace of her. Theories arose pertaining to the elevator video. Some argued that she was attempting to hide from a pursuer, perhaps someone ultimately responsible for her death, while others said she was merely frustrated with the elevator's apparent malfunction. But if you have seen the video for yourself, or wish to, you can clearly see <coughs> that she was pressing every number. She was pressing all of the all of the numbers simultaneously together. And apparently, I haven't looked into this, but apparently that is linked to this weird game that apparently was going around. Uh, she was pressing every single button simultaneously at the same time in like a weird order or something. So I don't buy that for a minute. Some proponents of the theory that she was under the influence of illicit drugs are not dissuaded by their absence from the toxicology screen suggesting that they might have broken down during the period of time her body decomposed in the tank or that she might have been taken rare cocktails of such drugs that a normal screen would not detect. The very low level of her prescription drugs in her system and the amount of pills left in her prescription bottle suggested she was under-medicating or had recently stopped taking her medication for bipolar disorder, which might have led to a psychotic episode. The autopsy report and its conclusions were also questioned based on the incomplete information. For instance, it does not say what the results of the rape kit and fingernail kit were or even if they were processed. It also records a subcutaneous pooling of blood in Lamb's anal area, which some observers suggested was a sign of sexual abuse. One pathologist noted it could also have resulted from bloating in the course of the body's decomposition, and her rectum was also prolapsed. Even the coroner's pathologists appeared to be ambivalent about their conclusion that Lamb's death was accidental. Since her death, her Tumblr blog was updated, presumably through Tumblr's queue option that allows posts to automatically publish themselves when the user is away. Her phone was not found, either with her body or in her hotel room. It has been assumed to have been stolen at some time around her death. Whether she, whether the continued updates to her blog were facilitated by the theft of her phone, the work of a hacker, or through the queue, is not known, nor is it known whether the updates 
weren't related to her death. In September 2013, Lamb's parents filed a wrongful death suit, claiming the hotel failed to inspect and seek out hazards in the hotel that presented an unreasonable risk of danger to Lamb and other hotel guests and seeking unspecified damages and burial costs. The hotel argued it could ha- not have been reasonably foreseen that Lamb might have entered the water tanks, and since it remained unknown how Lamb got to the water tank, no liability could be assigned for failing to prevent it. In 2015, the suit was dismissed. In popular culture, the circumstances of Lamb's death have been compared to plot elements in the 2005 horror film Dark Water. In that film, an American remake of an earlier Japanese film of the same name, based on a 1996 short story by Koji Suzuki, a mother and daughter move into a run-down apartment building. A dysfunctional elevator and discoloured water gushing from the building's faucets eventually led them to the building's rooftop water tank where they discovered the body of a girl who had been reported missing from the building a year earlier. As life had imitated art with dark water, the creators of the of films and television shows used the Lamb case as inspiration for their own works. In May 2013, the episode Watershed aired as that year's season finale of the ABC series Castle, in which a New York police detective and the title character, a mystery novelist, investigate crimes in Watershed. The duo pursue leads into the death of a young woman found dead in the rooftop water tank of the Cedric Hotel in Manhattan. Among the evidence is a surveillance video of the woman taken in an elevator. Ultimately, she is found to have been posing as a sex worker in order to investigate another guest at the hotel. (coughs) Another ABC series, How to Get Away with Murder, had a similar storyline. Over a series of flashbacks spread out across the first season, which began airing in 2014. It is revealed that a sorority girl missing at the start of the season was murdered and that her body was being hidden in the water tank on the roof of the sorority house. Similarly, her body is only discovered when a maintenance worker is called to the house to address a water pressure issue. In Hong Kong, where Lam's Lam's family had emigrated to Vancouver, Filmmakers were also inspired by the case Nick Chung, an accomplished actor in Hong Kong films, made his directorial debut in 2014 with Hungry Ghost Ritual, a horror thriller that includes a scene which a ghost terrorises a young woman in an elevator, shot to look like security camera footage and believed to have been inspired by the Cecil Lambs. In mainland China, Director Liu Hao announced a year later Lam's death that he would be making a film based on it. He went to Los Angeles himself and stayed for a few days at the Cecil doing research. Chinese media have reported that actress Gao Yuanyuan may be interested in playing Lam. In March 2014, a little over a year after Lam's death, brothers Brandon and Philip Murphy sold a horror script. 
titled The Bringing, that uses the investigation into it as a backstory for a fictional investigation. Detective. Slowly unravelling sanity. They were widely criticised for doing this so soon after the death. Danish director Nicholas Winding Ref was originally slated to direct the film, but in August it was announced that Jeremy Lovering would direct the film for Sony Pictures whenever production began. The 2019 indie game YIK centres entirely around Lamb's case as the protagonist falls in love with Lam after meeting her shortly before she is dragged from the elevator, becoming obsessed with saving her from the demons that took her away. It recontextualizes the events as a supernatural occurrence. The developer received criticism over the use of Lam's death as a central plot. The Discovery Show Ghost Adventures investigated Lam's death in a two-hour special launched on January 4th, 2021. On January 13th, 2021, Netflix announced a four-episode docuseries titled Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Caesar Hotel, which explores Lamb's death and premiered on February 10th, 2021. And I will include the link to the Wikipedia and article, and I will find include other Articles related, articles related to Lisa Lamb's death for you to check out as well. But I want to thank it, thank you for joining us in today's episode. I do want I just want to point out that you may have noticed that the previous ep, previous episode was not uploaded until yesterday or the day, or the day before. Um. I have been going through some stuff that, you know, I wish to keep private at the minute. I, I'm not doing the best. Um, I will do an update in an up, upcoming episode when I am in the right frame of mind. But, so I just want to apologise saying that, you know, I'm sorry that it wasn't uploaded uploaded as scheduled. Episodes will be coming I will still be I will still be recording episodes. Don't worry. They may not come out at the scheduled time, and I may, um, you know, re rejig the upload schedule. I don't know yet, but thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. I hope you have an amazing day, and until the next one. Wonder if God got a plan for everyone. I wonder if I could take a second run. Cause I carry on getting sad and getting stuck. What I wouldn't give for a life that doesn't suck. I'm a moving target.